0: that,
1: that there's so much, there's a lot of lies out there about living out our faith and our work. And and here's some of the lies that we've seen perpetuated. We want to make sure people understand this, that some of the lies that have been perpetuated upon uh, the body of Christ, that there's two tiers in the kingdom, that there's the- um, uh,
2: Wait, so the lie is that the there's The lie two is two that there's tiers. two tiers. <laughs> okay. Right. The
1: lie is that there's what two tiers. What are those two tiers? Well, that there's like the the sacred people that have jobs like pastor and missionary, and then there's the secular people. And so there's really important jobs, and there's everybody else. Well, that's a lie, because in uh, Colossians 3:23, Paul writes that we're all serving the Lord in what we do and everything that we do. And uh, we just need to—that's really important to understand that it, that it's not true that you need to quit your job in order to go into ministry. In fact, you just need to quit your mindset, thinking that you need to go and get into ministry because you are. You have an opportunity when you. Leave church on Sunday. Everywhere you go, there's an opportunity for ministry.
2: Okay, so let's switch that around, because you know me, I don't like conversations about thing. the lies. So what I want to just do is just switch it around just a little bit and say, okay, what? why do we believe that, or why do we even make that separation? Why is
1: it important to understand why we believe it?
2: Well, We've been taught it. No, what is it that we truly okay. believe? Let me just go with this for a All second. Right,
1: okay, I'm going.
2: So this whole idea of sacred and secular... Yes, there is in our head people that work inside of a church, or people that work at a pregnancy center, or people that work at, um, you know, a homeless shelter or something like that. So those things you might look at them and go, "That is sacred work." But the other side of that is, is okay, a grocery store, uh, you know. Uh, Retail center at a mall, whatever it might be, we think of that as secular because it's not a church. But that's the only difference. Beyond that, the it's people, not a four walls church. the people right. that we rub elbows with, all need to be ministered to, whether they're at the pregnancy center or in the grocery store line. So, or in your neighborhood. So we do, we do have a distinction, but that distinction isn't about. What our work is and what our calling is in that. So I think that it's just important to kind of just be like, okay, yeah, there are different kinds of organizations, but we all have a calling in, and that is sacred. And
1: it is so, desperately important that we recognize that the that the set of natural gifts, talents, and abilities that you've been given have been given to you by God, not so that you can quit what you're really good at and go work inside of a four walls church or out there in the foreign mission field, but so that you can. Put them into action right here where you work each and every day. whether you're a super talented insurance agent or a used car salesperson or a lineman or a nurse or a doctor, whatever it may be, that those gifts have been given to you by God. You know, there's a ton going on in the world of business as well, Martha, and growing businesses is a difficult thing. How do you do that for the glory of God? The Sermon on Sunday rarely deals with this aspect of life. So where do you go when you want to be mentored by those who call themselves entrepreneurs? Today we're going to introduce the I Work for Him listeners to the ministry of faith-driven entrepreneur. This may be for you or it may be for a friend, but this ministry is powerful, and it's a fantastic site for equipping all Christ followers, just to understand their their calling to business, but also for those of you that own their own business or run their own business to do so to the glory of God. Please welcome Henry Kastner to I Work for Him. Welcome Henry Kastner to I Work for Him. <laughs> Henry, I that want to jump fight. into this. How in the world did you get so passionate about helping people allow their faith to shape their work?
3: Yeah, well, you know, as part of it is with, uh, with almost anybody's story. It comes out of personal experience. And for me, in and, and particular, it came from, a, from my experience as an entrepreneur. I felt called uh, to start a business and enjoyed it, felt alive when I was doing work. And as time went by, I came to understand that there needed to be a greater purpose to my work than just competing and winning and making a lot of money. And so that uh, that pursuit or that knowledge, I should say, really led me to think more broadly beyond the business I was running to what are some of the struggles and the challenges that other people are wrestling with and how might I help them?
1: You know, Henry, a listener emailed us when she knew you were coming on today, and she asked, you know, I'm a woman who loves business, and I run my own business. However, I'm having a hard time finding any ministry that wants to feed into me with my unique needs as a woman. Do you know of any ministries designed for me, the Christian woman entrepreneur? Can faith-driven entrepreneur help a woman entrepreneur as well?
3: Well, I'd like to think so. I think we've got some contributors on the site on faith-driven entrepreneur that are there are women that have been successful entrepreneurs and then also struggling entrepreneurs. I think that, uh, women are uniquely qualified to be entrepreneurs and yet they also have some unique and challenging needs uh, in balancing, uh, things like motherhood and, and some of the other things that might otherwise, um, compete for their time. Um, Mm -hmm. so, uh, there are some entrepreneurial organizations. uh, I think one is called forward, Mm -hmm. uh, that are national focused on female entrepreneurs. And, um, and if you do, if you do a uh, uh, search on the Fate of an Entrepreneur site, you'll find some content from some great female authors. And yet, maybe also your listener might find out that we don't have enough, and they have find out some other folks that they could recommend in uh, that might also speak to that to that uh, audience, it's, which is half of America.
2: So, what kinds of things? Um, like, uh, obviously where you're reading right now and how it's relating to you, but where did the Bible, when you started to really, you know, be wrestling with this yourself, um, was there any certain part that really pricked your heart?
3: Yeah, actually, uh, it's a great question. Um, I'm an adult convert, uh, but at age 28, after I came, to have a very active christian faith that became the center of my life i s- decided that i was going to make a commitment to spend every day in god's work. which means unfortunately like too many of my commitments means that i'm 98 or 99 percent on top of that but uh, i through his grace i've been pretty uh, consistent on it and one of the uh one of the passages in the bible that i think has made the biggest impact in me and my spiritual life as a business owner is the story where Jesus takes five loaves and two fish and feeds 5,000. And, uh, and that has something to do, of course, with generosity, but I think it has a lot to do with business, too. And that is this realization I had after having come to faith and really thinking that, gosh, God needs me and my business to be able to advance His kingdom. To come to understand that actually God could take something out of nothing and feed 5,000. So He actually doesn't need me to do his work, but that I have an opportunity to participate nonetheless in the work that he's doing, but it's not reliant on me. And that took the pressure off of me and a me <laughs> right. focus uh, to allow me to just be that much uh, that much more grateful for the gift that's been given me, and it really freed me up to do much better work.
1: What, what, what was God's idea behind business? Because I believe that there was a big idea behind yeah. business.
3: Well, that's a great question. And I'm not a theologian, but I care about this subject very much. And so I'll give you my answer. And that is that I think that God wants us to participate in bringing about His kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And really a restoration of the Garden of Eden. And that when we can do that, when we can look and see what's wrong in the world, where the real opportunities are, and where things might be that much closer to a restoration of the garden, I think that business plays a role in that. I think that we're going to find that in the new Jerusalem, that people are going to have a job, that they're going to be doing a function. And I think that, you know, we know that work came about before the fall, right? So Mm -hmm. we know that work is incredibly important. And we also know from experience, our own experience, that when we work, we can feel God's pleasure. And that's a part of his, uh, his plan, I think, of helping us to know him and enjoy him more fully. I think it's a part of his plan in using us to, to restore the, the garden. I think that's a big idea.
1: So what are the marks of a faith-driven entrepreneur?
3: I mean, what does well, it look like? Have, yeah, yeah, great question. So we have, we have five that we put up on the website. Uh, and in the process of, of thinking about expanding it a little bit, and I'll, and I'll tell you about that here in a second, but <laughs> the five that we have seen as kind of unifying principles for a faith entrepreneur nor are as follows. Number one, leaders transform, uh, where a leader can come to understand the value of the gift given them, and their hearts are transformed in a way that is winsome and real, and where their identity becomes is this beloved child of God rather than as this entrepreneur growing at 20% month over month. When they can really understand this concept of identity and the value of the gift given them, then they're transformed. Uh, second one is excellence. Uh, the world is looking at us, trying to understand whether going can actually be good at what we do or not. Hmm. And I think that uh, that's really best summed up in the work of, a, of an American Swiss theologian named Francis Schaefer. And I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, but I, I think that you'll get the point. And that is, he says that it's to the degree that we do our work well that we have an opportunity to witness and be heard. And I think that's super important. If we're going to be doing something, let's do it with excellence. Yeah. Uh, number three, stewardship versus ownership. Uh, we as business owners are in, around money all the time. And money can really corrupt us. We know that the love of money is the root of all evil. And, uh, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. That's yeah. not right. The love of money is the root of all sorts of evil, but not all evil. <laughs> oh, that's, okay. No, see, I, I betrayed the fact that I'm not a theologian. But, so, we know, <laughs> you were though, just
2: proving that, right?
3: <laughs> right. That's right. We know that money is uh, potentially a challenge. When we can come to understand this concept of ownership, that God owns all things, yeah. then it frees us up to worship, it frees us up to work well, it frees us up to really lean into this concept of being a steward, a steward of all the things that God has given us. Uh, the third thing uh, that is really important for us is ministry and need. How is it that we're able to be able to love on our partners, our vendors, our customers, and our employees in a way that is better than those that are also in our industry? Um, when we do those four things well, so just really quickly again, leaders transformed, excellence stewardship versus ownership ministry indeed. Then yes, it gives us a great opportunity to be involved in ministry in word, and that is to bear witness for the reasons for the hope we have and to do it with gentleness and respect. And I think that we have, as we talk about why we do what we do, as we talk about our own personal story, as we look for opportunities to pray with our employees. Uh, that are going through crisis is we look to offer things like chaplaincy. We have a great opportunity to bear witness in in word, uh, as well as you.
1: You can listen to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our
0: workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at iworkforhim.com.